thoughts, images, and sensations occurring in a person's mind during sleep. Hello, listener. My name is Austin Thompson, and welcome to the Yarn Saga Podcast. Each episode is an original story set in the Yarn Saga universe, a universe beyond our space and time. Listen closely, as each episode contains secrets and truth for a discerning mind and an open heart. Our team spends countless hours doing what we love, creating and crafting stories to entertain and inspire. Please consider supporting us on our Ko-fi page, as every penny helps us continue creating for you, our listeners. Check out our website to find out more at yarnsagapodcast.com. We would love to hear what you think of our stories. Send us a message on our website, or post a comment on our socials. And now, without further delay, the Yarn Saga Podcast. Episode 4, The Holiday, written by Liana Thompson. The town of Timber Falls loomed as a malevolent presence over Marion de Marmot's beautiful garden home. Steeped with the colours of the rainbow, Vibrant reds, oranges, lilacs, blues, and yellows. Her flowering plants produced fragrances of honeysuckle and lavender. She drank her morning coffee on the front porch of her vine-covered home and wondered how Providence placed such a nature lover in a town where the critters thought nothing about killing the trees of the forest and every green plant on the planet to satisfy their greed. The town resembled a landfill. Its smokestacks filled the sky with soot, which most days obscured the sun and released a revolting odor from the paper mill. She and her friends struggled to find a plot of land far enough from the town to make life pleasant. She was convinced if they could come up with a plan to make the townsfolk aware of the deforestation perpetrated by Avery Beaverton and his sycophantic mare, the townsfolk would awaken and take action to rescue and possibly restore the damage done by the Beaverton family. She watched as her friends approached, Cloud and Atlas, Kai, Fallon, and of course, Benny. Sweet Benny. She knew he entertained other intentions than mere friendship, and it warmed her heart. He was always attentive to her needs, always saying the right things. He was the best-looking muskrat she'd ever laid eyes on. Oh, my darling Marion, come, give me a hug. His gentle (laughs) hug and warm cheek kiss. He gave her a coy smile. Ah, Benny. They had planned this confab after they recognized how disgruntled they all were with the state of affairs in their town. Marion served her guest cakes and tea, or coffee, as they sat in her garden. When they were all settled, she began. I was so happy to realize that I was not alone in my opinion of Basuras and the surrounding areas. I was hoping that we could brainstorm ideas to increase awareness of the Beaverton destruction of our flora and fauna, and dare I hope, put an end to it. Kai took her pad and pen and looked up at Marion. 
her bifocals in place. Kai once served as secretary to the mayor, but had to quit as a result of developing asthma. She now lived ten yards from Marion, and her lung condition was mending. Benny sat enthralled by Marion's beauty, and only half heard. Atlas, Fallon, and Cloud arrived, bursting with suggestions. Fallon spoke up. Marion, awareness is not enough. We need to teach these tree mongers how to respect our foliage. Yes, we need to make a statement. I agree, but what, and how, and when, and why, and where? I have been thinking about this very thing. I was thinking of a celebration at Ulterior Park. Mm-hmm. It's at the end of town, and lots of critters go there for lunch and concerts, etc. And they have that enormous tree. Must have been planted when the town was established. Oh, that tree is the oldest, and it's the tallest, and it looks like it could touch the sky. I climbed it once to see the town, and my family, and my friends, and the clouds from that vantage. You could see it for miles and miles, and yet, the smog of timber falls lingered over the atmosphere. And I know that's just chemicals and chemicals and chemicals, and I'm sure that cannot be good for allergies and asthma. And Kai, you know all about asthma, don't you? Damn, I I think we should keep it simple, Atlas suggested, bringing the conversation to the point. We will decorate the tree and use its branches as shade, have a meal, music, and meditation underneath it. We'll show this town how to appreciate our forest and what would happen if we destroy our trees. This tree deserves the name Venerable Tree. It will be the symbol of our stance against environmental terrorism. That tree means the world to me. Giving it a name and making it our symbol will guarantee its continue to thrive. Yeah, we should make it a holiday. But what would we name it? We'll call it the Festival of the Eternal Forest. As Marion spoke the name, she panned her paws in the air. Oh, that's a great name, Marion! Atlas gave her a thumbs up. Fallon agreed. Not only to preserve the tree at Ulterior Park, but all trees everywhere. Yes, yes All exactly. eyes turned to the lovesick Benny. Are you aboard? Hmm? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, everything sounds good. The Festival of, of Trees. Yes, I, I got it. Oh, Benny, no. It's the Festival of the Eternal Forest. <laughs> Everyone laughed as Cloud corrected him. <laughs> what is so funny? The group agreed that May 21st would be the day for the holiday. Hibernation for Marion ended at the beginning of May, and therefore she would be able to help with the festival. The first year they agreed to keep the event small with their immediate friends, but it mushroomed. So many creatures showed interest in the festival, they decided to extend the event for two more days. It even caught the attention of the mayor, who later came by Marion's home and saw all that she had done to preserve her garden. He was struck by the scent of honeysuckle and could not believe the bit of heaven Marion had constructed on the outskirts of town. Miss Marion, the mayor said as she let him into her living room. You have made a haven here. I'd like to know more about this festival of yours. How and why you started this? Marion's heart leaped for joy. If she had the ear of the mayor, change was bound to happen. Well, Mr. Mayor? Call me Skip. Well, Skip, we wanted to make the town aware that it was important to preserve the forest. 
We still have some lovely trees, and if we don't replenish the forest, we will lose it. Also, there has to be a safer way to run that paper mill where everything is not so dirty. You do realize, Marion. Uh, may I call you Marion? The mayor continued after her nod. That paper mill is the heartbeat of this community. <laughs> We're not here to do open heart surgery. No, sir. But maybe an angioplasty? Marion smiled using his humor. He didn't seem impressed and went on. I really do think you have a great movement here, and we would like to get the whole town aboard, including some of the town's officials, with your permission, of course. In September, we have our annual council meeting, and I would like to make this holiday the town's holiday. Uh, give it more press. The more critters are involved, the more we can begin to preserve those little trees of yours. In September, I start my hibernation period, but we'll be happy to organize a plan and procedures manual to describe how we want to maintain the integrity of our holiday. That will be wonderful. The mayor stood, offering Marion his paw, and left her house. She was elated. Her holiday was going viral, and the movers and shakers would be moved and shaken by the populace and not their agendas. That summer, Marion and Kai put together a manual of instructions, a point-by-point -point directive for the simple festival of the Eternal Forest. She looked over the manual for the final time and handed it to Benny. Benny, you are my representative on the council with the mayor. Stand your ground and don't let them ruin the simplicity of our message and our festival. Of course not. Hmm. He crooned, nuzzling her head. If you have any questions, be sure to ask Kai. She wrote up the manual and knows it inside and out. Also, Atlas and Fallon and Cloud can help you if you run into any snags. I got this. Don't worry. Just make sure you have a happy, safe hibernation. You're sure you're not hungry? <laughs> Look at me. I love your beefiness. <laughs> Go on with you. She blushed and made her way to her burrow. I'll miss you. Benny said, watching her turn tail and enter her burrow. At the council meeting, the mayor, three local businessmen, Avery Beaverton, along with seven of his relatives, who made up the council, sat and read Marion's manual in horror. Avery, the first to realize that this could put an end to the Beaverton paper mill, was outraged, although he said nothing openly. However, turning to his brother, he asked him to get information regarding the pariah, Marion de Marmot. Who is this Marion de Marmot? Give me all the information you can on her. I'll get it right away. The mayor seemed gung-ho to establish this debacle, so Avery suggested that they think about all that they had read and establish a plan for the town's Festival of the Eternal Forest. He almost choked on the name. At the next meeting, Avery made a motion to create a committee to follow the plan for the next festival. He promised to sponsor the enterprise. One of his cousins suggested shortening the name of the festival because the banner company that Avery customarily used charged by the letter. Uh, we want to be considerate of Avery who is footing the bill for this endeavor. A banner? 
I don't remember her saying anything about the banner in her manual. Uh, well, Benny, uh, may, I, may I call you Benny? Uh, uh, well, this line right here, um, inform the townsfolk of our objective. She wanted critters to know, right? Benny nodded unsure. One of the businessmen piped up. I think we should sell plastic acorns. Uh, this way we are not affecting the environment by removing things from the forest. Avery's brother Niles proposed his bright idea. I think instead of outsourcing those plastic acorns, we should make them right here in town. I do believe that Marion's objective was that our forest was a giving forest. True, but with a plastic factory we can make other things besides acorns. Things like toys and such. Think of the revenue! <coughs> Avery cleared his throat, shooting his brother a warning glance. The toys should reflect how much we get from our forests. That's an idea. Uh, let's shorten the name of the festival to the Giving Forest. Everyone knows the forest gives us pleasure and ensures that we are well taken care of. <laughs> Another businessman <laughs> yeah. said with great excitement. Oh, we could exchange gifts. <laughs> yes. Oh, plastic gifts, so we're not ruining the forest. Ooh, <laughs> we'll bring in a band and sell food and drinks. The mayor jumped on the bandwagon and said, I know just the band. It's an environmental group called Shrinkley. Oh, oh yes, I do like the music. Mayor, now who can resist voting for you with ideas for the betterment of our town like this? The gavel pounded, and the meeting was adjourned. Everyone applauded and thanked the mayor for his hard work. Benny felt dizzy. Something wasn't right, although he couldn't put his finger on why. He escaped the town hall. He needed to think and get some fresh air. What he wanted to do was look over the manual, but the committee said they were using it to follow Marion's directives and refused to part with it. Sitting on a bench outside the hall, he thought of Marion. What did she value most? The symbol of our stance. He heard her say so many times, the tree. The light dawned. Oh, he knew what he had to do. He refused to be ramrodded. After all, he was Marion's representative on this council. He would confront Avery. Just then, as if Providence provided an opportunity, he noticed Avery Beaverton outside nice the hall, night. lighting an expensive cigar. The beaver had a self-satisfied air as he dragged on his cigar. Gingerly, Benny approached. Mr. Beaverton, excuse me. He coughed as his head was engulfed by a blast of smoke. Yes, Benny, is something on your mind? Yes, sir. I am concerned that Marion's plans for this festival aren't being met. I, I don't think. Marion wants all the pomp and circumstance. She wanted a simple event. All these plans seem contrary to her wishes. She never mentioned exchanging gifts or anything like that. Well, son, I understand your concerns. I appreciate you bringing them to my attention. As a long-standing member of this council, I have an obligation to the citizens of Timber Falls. Now, I'm sure that Marion did not want to cause a rift in this community. Not all critters in Timber Falls share her views and are comfortable with these environmental issues. We want to gradually bring the town folks into the fold without offending anyone. 
All critters come to knowledge in different ways. We need to compromise and make sure that everyone has an equal share in the joy brought on by the giving forest. Don't you agree? Yes, but Marion wrote that manual with Kai, and there have been significant changes. Significant? Hmm. Son, we changed the date. Do you understand why we had to do that? And the name, it seems all wrong. Benny, 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 you're splitting hairs. What's in a name? A rose by any other name smells just as sweet. One of my ancestors, who was a famous writer, said that. Benny felt confused. Avery's authoritative manner made him feel foolish. I, I just want the festival to make Marion happy. She wanted above all else for that tree in Alteria Park to be decorated. That's one thing I adamantly insist we cannot change. She absolutely loves that tree. Son, I see those stars in your eyes. You're in love. Marion is special to you. And you know she's special to me too. I know the very gift to win your lady's heart. Marion picked the right guy to stand in her stead on this council. She's going to love how you've handled yourself here. As a matter of fact, Benny, I have a suggestion for the perfect gift when she comes out of her hibernation. A superb gift, which will show her how special she is to you. Benny, I guarantee we will honor your wishes. Our episode will continue after a brief word from today's sponsor. Hi, I'm Matt with One Hope for Kids. One Hope for Kids is a Christian foster and adoption agency in Bear, Comal, and surrounding counties. The need is great. Every day, five children are removed from their homes in the San Antonio area alone. In 2022, 9,623 children were removed from their homes due to neglect and or abuse. There are, at any given time, 3,401 children in foster care in our area. We want to make sure every child has a home. You can help us in four ways. First, pray. Pray for our families and future families. Pray for our children in care and pray for our civil leaders to make wise laws that glorify God. Second, foster. For children to be placed in a Christian home, we need families to get licensed. Third is volunteer. Not everyone's called to foster, but everyone can help with God's mission to foster children. From diaper delivery, notes of encouragement, babysitting, and more, there are many ways to make an impact. And last is donate. For $30 a month, you can be a One Hope Defender and help bridge the gap between state funds and the actual cost of care. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at One Hope for Kids and visit us at onehopeforkids.org. That's the numeral one, Hope for Kids. Thank you. And now, back to the show. Starting at the new year, the town was buzzing with activity. Ulterior Park closed for renovations. The stench from the mill reeked worse than before. But everyone was assured that Marion's stance on environmental issues affected the conduct of the town's businesses. Kai, more than ever, remained home because her asthma seemed to be worsening. The few times she'd seen Benny, he assured her that the council adhered to the Festival of the Eternal Forces Manual. 
Every time Benny raised questions, committee members pointed out in the manual where Marion had stipulated the very thing they were doing. Atlas and Fallon protested the new plastic factory in the center of town, but to no avail. The town's officials assured them that plastic was the alternative to cutting down the forest. Benny allayed any concerns brought up by Fallon and Atlas, reminding them that Marion agreed to the holiday becoming town-wide, and the only significant change the council made was the date of the festival, from May 21st to May 5th. The mayor took vacation on the 21st, and he didn't want to miss the second annual festival. The Beaverton family reveled in the newfound holiday. Their children made lists of toys they wanted. Avery promised his oldest son that he would take over the company and assured him of the paper mill's success for years. The giving forest would be giving for generations to come. Made grandpappy proud. One day, my boy, this will be yours. It'll be in fine paws. Not only that, the shares from the plastic factory produced profits beyond their wildest dreams of avarice. <sighs> the month of May arrived with the anticipation of the festival in the air. Benny sat outside of Marion's burrow, hoping that she would awaken before the festival date. Around 8 a.m. on the 4th, Benny heard her rouse from her winter's nap and scurry out of her hole. She was thinner and hungry. He hoped she would accept him. <gasps> Hi. He smiled, giving her a warm caress. Hi. She smiled, glad he was there to greet her. Benny brought a beautiful picnic basket, laden with Marion's favorite vegetables. After she ate and tidied her home, they began to talk about the festival. She was disappointed that the date had been changed, and she wouldn't get to participate in the final arrangements. But his explanation calmed any fears she harbored. Tomorrow, her hopes of the celebration for the Festival of the Eternal Forest to bring about lasting change would be realized. Benny felt that it was the proper time to ask, so going down on one knee, he proposed to Marion de Marmont, and to his surprise, she accepted. From his pocket, he produced a small acorn. Marion looked perplexed. What is this, Benny? A special surprise. Go on. It's a plastic acorn. She thought, but held her peace, until she opened it, and to her horror, inside a ring, the entire thing, from her favorite stone to the band, plastic. Benny, it's... Uh, it's... She halted at the word. I know. It's all the rage. Are you going to put it on? It's a symbol of my eternal love. Here, let me put it on. Unfortunately, he did get that right. The ring fit perfectly. She didn't have the heart to refuse to wear it and left the contemptible thing on her finger. He kissed her and nuzzled against her, and the offensive ring was forgotten. The next day, Benny and Marion joined their other friends who were delighted to see her again. They all went to the festival. She longed to once again bask in the presence of the majestic, venerable tree. Imagining the colorful, vibrant decorations filled her heart with excitement. She almost heard the soft music as they all ate their meal, and then the deep meditation, the balm of her soul. The restorative after the lousy, pungent odors of the bustling town. Ulterior Park, 
the last forested glen allowed to survive in the town of Timber Falls. It provided a sanctuary for overworked factory employees, a respite in the midst of a hectic town who cared little for nature's wonders. As they walked toward town, a recent more ominous stench arose from certain buildings. Some of the critters they passed coughed uncontrollably. The town's pungent odor seemed far worse than before hibernation. Fallon and Atlas pointed to the choking black smoke spread across the sky and blamed it on the new plastic factory in town. The owner swore it reduced the need for wood products. Marin glanced at the offensive ring given to her by sweet, misguided Benny. When the festival was over, she would explain to him about the dangers of plastic. He just didn't understand. Critters and cars thronged the road into town. The press and jostling of the crowds moved her along as if caught in a riptide of critters, obscuring her view of Ulterior Park. Marion strained to get a glimpse around them. Pushed and harassed, she staggered forward, although elated that so many of the townsfolk were touched by her message. She felt alarmed by the band's loud and dissonant music as they reached the edge of town. The chaos of this moment shattered any hope of the solemn meditation she craved. See, Marion, you made a lot of creatures aware. Benny squeezed her hand with love in his eyes. Atlas grumbled to Fallon and Cloud that the event lost its simplicity. Between the press of the mob, Atlas's grousing, and Benny's flirting, Marion missed the warning signs that her festival had been hijacked. Plastic acorns littered the streets. Plastic signs hung in the store windows. New plastic toys for sale. Driven by the wave, she passed under the banner at the entrance of the plaza site unseen. It read, Welcome to the Giving Forest Festival. An imposing stage loomed ahead, newly constructed for the festivities. The band Shrink Debt spared no expense on their clothing or their instruments. The mayor greeted Marion, giving her and her friend seats of honor on the stage. She looked at Kai, who was coughing. Mystified Marion wondered where in town this plaza had been constructed. She recognized nothing. The music was silenced, and the mayor was introduced. As he came up to the podium, she looked around trying to get her bearings. Her heart raced with dread over the alteration of the day. All she wanted was to see her decorated tree and have quiet meditation. She didn't want to seem ungrateful, but she felt embarrassed by the attention. Before the mayor spoke, she stood saying, Gentlefolk of Timber Falls, my intention for this holiday was not to seek my own honor, but to preserve our forest. Her plea drowned out by their applause. She sat down defeated. Kai, Fallon, and Atlas hugged each other in solidarity. She shook her head, turning disappointed eyes on Benny. But again, he squeezed her hand, knowing in the end she would be pleased with the celebration. When the mayor explained the purpose of the holiday, Marion realized her entire festival had been commandeered. The fallacious holiday resembled hers by a single word, tree. Her hands trembled, her heart pounded, her head ached. His words reached Marion as a malevolent specter. The mayor continued. We are here to commemorate the founder of this illustrious holiday with a monument which shall live on for generations. The mayor gave a slight nod toward a top standing on the side of the stage, and it was pulled down to reveal a large statue of Marion. In one hand, she held an axe, 
and in the other, a blue acorn. On the base it read, Marion de Maman, the founder of the Giving Forest Festival. Her motto, everything you need, you can get from the forest. Long may it live. Marion stood speechless, her eyes riveted on the enormous statue, which nearly reached to the top of the sky. The image of her holding an axe and the trees forbid a plastic acorn shocked her senses. This celebration had become the antithesis of the Festival of the Eternal Forest. How dare they use her name and create a ridiculous motto? The sentiment would never have passed her lips. She shook with outrage. Benny, what's going on? I just want to go to Ulterior Park and see the decorated venerable tree. What is this disgusting monument? Not waiting for his answer, she turned to Kai, Cloud, Fallon, and Atlas. Our instructions have been totally ignored. Benny felt confused. The very surprise he hoped would bring her joy resulted in her absolute dismay. His heart hurt. He had been duped. Get us out of here! I want to go to Ulterior Park! His throat constricted, seeing her distress. Benny squeaked. But, Marion, darling, you're... This is the park. Marion peered around the stage, trying to recognize one blasted thing in the once forested glen. Oh? Where's the tree, then? The look in his eyes chilled her blood. She turned toward the huge self-image, recoiling. <gasps> no! Marion gasped, grasping her chest. Benny, how could you? She fell and lost consciousness. <laughs> as young critters ran with their plastic kites yelling, Gimme, gimme, gimme. As Marion was carried away, Avery Beaverton made a speech, the essence of which assured the crowd of Marion's wishes that they continue with the festivities despite her sudden illness. overcome with the heat and all the excitements and going ons. Let's carry on with our festivities and enjoy our day as she would want us to. Marion was taken to a garden home on the outskirts of town, where she later died, never regaining consciousness. A few weeks later, Kai keeled over from hypoxia. Fallon and Atlas published their message far and wide, trying to get critters everywhere to understand the true meaning of the festival. Wherever they went, they were ridiculed as fanatics and sometimes chased out of town. In the end, Benny's hopes of making Marion happy were dashed like a despised flower trampled underfoot. He never waited at the entrance of her burrow again. He never married, although sometimes he could hear her voice as if carried by the wind. As for the festival, it did go viral. From the small town of Timber Falls, it flourished throughout the planet, endangering the lives of many and propagating the deforestation of trees or making many others rich. At Ulterior Plaza, followers to this day make a pilgrimage every year on May 5th to commemorate Marion de Mamo's Giving Tree Festival, laying plastic wreaths, freshly cut flowers, freshly cut trees on the statue to show that the forest gives us all that we need. Long may it give as long as it lasts.
On a hill, beside a small vine-covered house, where honeysuckle and lavender bloom, among a myriad of colorful flora, a lone unmarked tombstone stood. Every year, on May 21st, a solitary red rose is placed at that site. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode, The Holiday. We release a new episode every other Tuesday. If you have enjoyed today's program, please give us a five-star rating and tell your friends. Join our Facebook and Instagram page to find out the latest information on Yarn Saga. It really helps us out. Consider supporting us on Ko-fi, as every penny helps us continue creating unique stories to entertain and inspire. For information and to connect to all of our social media pages, check out our website at yarnsagapodcast.com. Yarn Saga was created by Austin Thompson and Matthew Van Gorkum. Today's episode, The Holiday, was written by Liana Thompson, story by Austin Thompson. Executive producer and sound designer Austin Thompson, editor Samantha Thompson, admin Madeline Heindel, artists Matthew Van Gorkum, Madeline Heindel, voiceover talents by Courtney Johnson, Richard Payne, Austin Thompson and Blair Forbes. Yarn Saga is a cross-stitch productions program and all rights reserved by cross-stitch productions. The holiday is not to be played in part or whole without the express permission of cross-stitch productions. Thank you for coming. This is magical. <laughs>